the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Bienvenue, welcome, episode 110 of the Severe MMA podcast. It's the 20th of the third in the year of our Lord, 2017. My name is Sean Sheehan, and like every week, I'm here with the man himself, Graham McDonald. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about uh, UFC London that happened last week. We're going to look ahead to the upcoming Bellator and Cage Warriors cards, because we won't be here next week. We're, we have a week off next week, unless there's some big breaking news, and then we, we'll pop in for something. But the plan is now uh, no podcast next week. Um, so we're going to talk about those two cards coming up, and we'll be back the week after, and we'll talk about the upcoming UFC card between Rumble Johnson and Daniel Cormier. Uh, we'll also get to your, your questions at the end of the show. So Graham, you were over in uh, you were over in London. How was it? Did you have a good weekend? All twelve before the MMA. How 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 was your soccer weekend? Or your rugby weekend? All of that. Your your drinking weekend was it a good one? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I was there with rugby superstar Niall McGrath as well. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. Legendary point man Niall McGrath, as as he's known on one Twitter of, now. One of Dublin's great point men. <laughs> how many points were, were consumed over the weekend? Now was there a lot of yeah. points consumed? I was known to drink thirty or more points in one sitting. <laughs> some fight man, lad. Some fight man. But yeah, it was there was a lot of people around, a lot of a lot of media over from uh, from America and, and Canada and all all parts over the weekend. There was. Yeah, yeah, there was a good few there. Yeah, it was a. Uh, there was um, good to see. Good to see. You don't see some of them that that, that often. With uh, there's only a few few European cards, so it's good to catch up with the, the MMA head, media heads. Mm. Was the man I defeated, John Morgan, there, or was he... Uh, yeah, he was there, yeah, John was there, there yeah. He's, he's everywhere, John, you can't... You'd be, more likely <laughs> to find a, you'd be more likely to find a show with him there than not there. Yeah, exactly, some man of fairness. That's that's a tough life, like, travelling. I think you said he was in Fortaleza as well the week before, so cheers, that's fair play. Dedication. He's, he's joined the circus, basically. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, it's tough, but... Uh, yeah, I suppose we'll we we'll get into the we'll get into the card. First of all, the crowd, the the wins, the all that. How how did that go? Was it was there a good crowd? Was it was it loud? Was it well packed out or was it a disappointment? Yeah, well I I, I uh, only went in we were uh, doing the post fight interviews and stuff, so I only went in for the Duffy fight. Um <clears throat> and that was very loud and it seemed to be uh, seemed to be packed. Was it was a sellout, yeah? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd say was it uh, I saw the it looked, uh, looked, it looked a bit. Yeah, fifteen thousand says here on Wikipedia. So yeah, it's pretty. Oh, good maybe I think maybe it's sixteen or seventeen they can fit in. Is it? Ah, yeah, but with the octagon and stuff, so it's probably a bit less. Yeah, pretty pretty much sold out. Yeah, go crowd anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's let's talk about some of the fights. I suppose the main event. Uh, it was it was a bit of a, a much maligned main event coming into it. I wrote an article for Shardog about it about how the main events are kind of all stacking up like this, apart from the few exem- uh, exemptions. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is exemptions the right word? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't the best way of exceptions. That's it. That's it. But uh, it it turned out to be kind of what I suppose they were expecting by, by putting Jimmy Mano, obviously the English guy in in the main event, he came out and got the first round knockout of Corey Anderson after after three minutes and five seconds of the very first round. Um, and what did the crowds? Was there a big crowd reaction for him, or how how were people viewing it afterwards? Was was this the birth of a superstar, or was it just like yeah. another win? See, you're kind of in a t- in a media tent, uh, yeah. just in the arena, so you don't get to hear the full reaction of the of the crowd. But uh, 
yeah, yeah. It's from 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 what I heard from other people, it seemed to be a big pop when when he won. Obviously, like a, a local guy winning winning in spectacular fashion will will get a uh, drunk people celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I suppose we'll talk a little bit about the fight before we get into the aftermath and all that. Um, uh, you know, you picked obviously Manuel last week. I picked Corey Anderson when when I saw him at the weigh-ins. When I saw him at the, you know before the fight. I couldn't believe the size difference between him. Manuel looked absolutely huge, bigger than he has before, and Corey Anderson kind of, you know, he kind of towered over Corey Anderson a little bit, so I was worried a little bit about that. But Manuel seems to have improved an awful an awful lot too, especially his takedown defense. You know, I thought if Anderson was going to trouble him, it would be with the takedown defense, but he scuppered the one or two takedowns Anderson uh, threw on him. But outside of that, I just I don't think Anderson maybe fought as well as he could have. I think it wasn't a missed opportunity really because Manoa did did fight well and did keep it on the feet, and that's exactly what you want to do. But I thought Anderson, you know, it's a, it seems to be a, a problem with a lot of people in MMA, and it, you know, apart from the very very top echelon, it's one they can't get over. It for wrestlers anyway, for guys who would want to wrestle someone like Manoa who's a good striker, it's just setting up your wrestling with your striking. You know, I thought. At one stage, you know, where you throw that kind of that overhand shot and then you put one hand kind of to the crotch and t- try to maybe grab a single leg or something like that. He did that at one stage and it was like, Jesus, it's like 90 seconds into the fight and he's already kind of reaching for stuff that you shouldn't be going for, like not setting him up, worried about Manoa's power. You know, he kind of got dropped once to knee before he got knocked out. And I think it was just, you know, it was just a not great from Corey Anderson. But you can understand it because of, I suppose, how dangerous Manu actually is. Yeah, I'd say he was gonna. <clears throat> I'd say his plan was looked like it was to uh, stay elusive, move around, and kind of yeah. drag D- Jimmy deep, and hopefully get a, get the takedowns and tire him out. But uh, Jim, Jimmy looked uh, looked very good. He's he's ever improving. Like I think I said it before, but he he told us before one of his first fights in the UFC that he'd only started MMA or he'd only he threw his first punch like that wasn't in the street <laughs> three <laughs> years before he was in the UFC. So he he he's he was pretty raw when he got into the UFC and then like okay he lost in the second round uh, to Gustafsson but uh, he put up a, a better fight than I think most people most people thought so I think that there, there definitely is still room for improvement there with Jimmy and he definitely has some some serious weight in his hands some some heavy hitting power so uh, I think um, I think uh, I think people need to take notice of Jimmy Manuel now like especially after that that's a that's a big win for him it's a dominant win as well. Yeah, I'm still not totally convinced. Like, you, there's the obvious, uh, the obvious power Manoa has. You know, this, this, his kicks are absolutely ferocious. How many guys, you know, were stopped by kind of doctor injury or fucking up their knees or something? What was it? Um, Kyle Kingsbury was a doctor stoppage. It was Ryan Jimo as well? And I think uh, Cyril Liabate, all like three fights in a row, all were you know yeah. doctor stoppage or leg injury kind of thing. He's like he's an absolute bulldozer of a fighter just will chew you up if given the chance on the feet. Uh, but, you know, I'm still, I still think he's a little bit flat-footed, although that improved a little bit. I thought he was cutting off the cage pretty well at the beginning. As you said, Anderson's um, Anderson's uh, game plan was to move around, stay elusive, and maybe get the takedowns in. But I thought Manoa did actually a, a pretty good job of, of cutting him down. But when someone comes forward, like we saw with the Anthony Johnson fight, or with Gustafsson as well, you know, moving his feet defensively, getting his head out the way. I still think that's that's definitely an issue for him. And as you say, he's he's still pretty new to MMA. What he only made his his debut in what 2008 now, so it was nine years. So this is the time I suppose usually most guys 
hit their peak or get towards where they're going to be their best and then keep that for maybe three, four, uh, three or four years. And um, yeah, it, Mano is definitely up there. Like the, the light heavyweight uh, division is is so. Right. Yeah, light heavyweight division is so um, is you know it's so lightweight that he couldn't help but be up there towards the top. But I, I still don't think he can push it with the upper echelon, to be honest. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like maybe the very top guys at the moment, but outside of the top four or five, like he's already knocked out OSP. He's already knocked out Corey Anderson now in a row. Um. You kind of you kind of have to give him a top a top guy, wouldn't you? Next, yeah, I suppose. But who do you give him? Like you, DC against Anthony Johnson. I don't think he's going to get the winner of that. I'd say that'll probably be John Jones. Gust, do you give him Gustafson? I don't think he's going to fight Gustafson again. Obviously, Gustafson already knocked him out, and now they're teammates. You've Glover, yeah, you've Glover to share in there, and possibly he just uh, he just took a heavy beating, didn't he? In his, Shogun his fight or something. Um, Shogun, Shogun. possibly. Coming off a win, yeah, yeah. You, you could do that. Ilir Latifi, kind of stepped down. That was their teammates as well. He kind of called him out, or not called him out. Oh yeah, mentioned him at the weekend. Yeah. It's tough. Like as I said, that light heavyweight division is so bad. Like you know, you've Serkinov, Serkinov, there's the fight. Yes, Serkinov, Serkinov is fighting uh, Volkan Udzimir in uh, Sweden, I believe, or somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a fight. So maybe, the, maybe the winner of that. Yeah, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see that Serkinov fight. But... There's definitely options there. He hasn't. He, mm-hmm. he's definitely options there. He hasn't fought most of the people in the. In the top fifteen, yet, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight someone like Pat Cummins. I think that'd be a good test of his. You know, of his uh, I think he's beyond Pat Cummins. To be honest, yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't. I don't know. I, I still think someone like that could test him. It'd be a bit of a step down from like the main event. I know it's yeah. exactly a huge no, but you never know. Though it depends on who's matched and who's injured and all that stuff. So it, I don't. I don't think the UFC are. Um, I don't. Th- don't think the UFC are going to give him one of the top three or four guys, but. Anybody else in the top fifteen? I wouldn't be surprised. Like it's kind of wide open for Jimmy at the moment. Is there a chance he gets the title shot? Next, yeah. Uh, I don't think. I don't think so. Are, I don't like, think so. I, I, I suppose the John Jones situation is the is the telling one. Like, could he get John Jones next? Maybe I know. I'd, yeah, he know. could. I think. I think. Well, he said he doesn't want to fight mm-hmm. John Jones, but that's silly. Like, uh, if you want to be the best, you got You want to fight the best. I think. Um, Maybe he's just saying that to piss John Jones off and try to get some reaction from him or get him to, to reply publicly. But um, I, I don't like the matchup for, for, for Manuel anyway, and maybe Manuel knows that it's not a great matchup for him. And but I doubt he's I doubt he's afraid of anybody. So may, I don't know. It's a strange one to to say you don't want to fight Jones. I think one thing it could be gone for him is that <clears throat> the Gustafson is between kind of him and the, the two guys going for the title shot and Gustafson lost to both Cormier and Johnson in what the last year or so <clears throat> are just going on for two years now but and obviously he's lost to um to Anthony Johnson as well but like will when John Jones with John Jones coming back could John Jones and Gustafson be the next fight made I know Gustafson is fighting uh is fighting Glover Teixeira coming up here in um in Sweden in, in a while I believe is that is that happening? Is that official? Did, yeah, 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 I think, I think it so. is. Yeah, yeah and Glover yeah. actually didn't lose his last fight. He got beat by Anthony Johnson, but he beat uh, Jared Kinnear in his last fight. I said he lost there. I was wrong. But yeah, like 
there's a lot there's a lot of movement going on in, in the top of that light heavyweight division you know it was kind of it was stalled there for a while with obviously Daniel Cormier fighting Anderson and with John Jones falling out UFC 200 and then Cormier getting injured and stuff as well but now it's kind of it's all moving as well and we don't know what way it's going to go but I wouldn't be surprised if if um Gustafson beat uh beat um Teixeira and then fought Flower. yeah then fought John Jones you could you, you could see Manawa coming in there and getting that title. I wouldn't wouldn't be too surprised, especially you know if I don't think they're going to bring it back to England, but they want new blood. You know, look at the way they're pushing Francis Ngannou. You know, Manawa is you know a similar type of guy who you know he called out David Hay at the weekend, he called out Eddie Hearn to make the fight. You know, that's the sort of thing that'll get you in papers. You know, it might it more than likely will never happen, but you know the UFC you know like that. The, yeah, it was just, I, yeah. I don't know about the David Hay thing. Did you like that? Yeah, I didn't like it. No, but I think the UFC will like like it's it's not going to happen. You know, maybe we'll just talk about that for a second. Obviously, the, the whole McGregor Mayweather thing is more than likely happening now, and <laughs> there, there are all these MMA fighters calling up boxers. For me, I don't think the UFC would want that at all because what's going to happen if you five fights MMA versus boxing on unboxing? All the boxers are gonna win. Like David Hay yeah. would absolutely destroy Jimmy Man. And how bad would that make the UFC look? Like I don't buy into this whole thing that McGregor, when he loses to Mayweather, if when he loses to Mayweather, that it's gonna you know it's gonna affect the UFC. It's gonna affect him. I think everyone would know that. That'd be fair enough. But to have five, one, two, three, four after another, and ending Mayweather beats McGregor like. <laughs> that it just looks so so bad i think i think people that you, you could kind of cast it off it was just mcgregor losing but i don't think the ufc would want that do you i don't think you... the ufc will be looking to do multiple bears let's say it'll be like an undercard of mma and an under mixed kind of undercard of mma and boxing if it were to happen it wouldn't be mma guys versus boxing guys and boxing i don't think i don't think the ufc would do that I think it'd be just boxing. Like, like it's not going to sell any extra, that many extra pay per views. So there's no point putting them guys in that position. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any MMA on the undercard. How like just the cost of putting an octagon and a boxing ring in the uh, in the arena is going to cost him a million quid in tickets. Like you know, imagine those extra yeah. fifty tickets or whatever. I don't think that's happening. Well, they could so. do like you could. I think boxing pay per views have done it before, where like uh, some of the fights will be in a different arena and on the same broadcast. Yeah, you seen that before? Yeah, they could do that. But they're like they're cut to like a different, like the co-main event might be on in somewhere else, and when Klitschko was fighting in Ukraine or something like that, there might have been an American co-main event on the same broadcast from from America. Yeah, the UFC have even done that before with two two cards in one night. Like you could see even the card in Ireland, imagine card in Ireland the same night, and then McGregor fighting on pay per view or later that night against uh, Mayweather. Hmm. The times would kind of be a bit fucked up. Yeah, but like, imagine if the Ireland card ended at eleven or twelve, which would be normal. Then the you then the yeah. undercard and stuff of their start started at eleven or twelve, and the main fight is at like five o'clock in the morning. Makes perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all fairy tale stuff at the moment, anyway. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I think it's going to happen. But anyway, back to uh, back to this. Yeah. Look, Manoa, onwards and upwards trims. It was obviously a big win, and Corey Anderson back down the line. Um, let's move on to the the other fights on the card. Um, Coleman event, I suppose, probably the most impressive uh, performance of the night was was Gunnar Nelson against Alan Joban for me. Just just an unbelievable performance. I know you've been around with Gunnar for a long time. Um, obviously, doing the documentary and stuff, and seeing him fighting, you know, over in 
where he's fought in Ireland, hasn't he, in England and different things. And oh, yeah, yeah. Just this was, I think this was, was this the best fight of his career, best performance against a good guy? Like, um, the the Brandon Touch one was very good as well, was, but, yeah. and so was the Tumanov. I think Japan is but, better than both. Yeah, this was, it, yeah, I think this was a very, very impressive performance. Um, the finish was absolutely beautiful, really, wasn't it? Yeah, like I, I tweeted at the weekend. Once, once Gunnar Nelson gets that leg ripped over your back like that, once that happens, you might as well just tap because that it's over when he wins. <laughs> it actually is. It's, like his guillotines are just unbelievable. We saw it in his his first fight. Was it against Demarcus Johnson? Or that was a, that was a really good. What was only got the guillotine? Was um. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, it was, it was yeah. pretty similar sort of thing in London as well. Um, but yeah, just just phenomenal. Like the thing is with Gunnar Nelson, I, thought, I saw a lot of people talking about it that when, when, once he gets to the higher level, I know Jovan, what top top ten, top fifteen, obviously high level guy. But once he gets to the likes of Maya or the likes of you know Wonderboy, uh, Woodley, all of those, where he's getting close to it now. What's he ranked number number nine? You know, so he's he's basically in it now. Is getting that takedown or landing those punches that because the output can be a little bit down with Gunnar Nelson that's the one fault you give him like we're, we're talking about a guy now who could be fighting for a title in the next year like who could be fighting a lot of people are talking about Stephen Thompson who for me won the title in his last fight but obviously didn't didn't get the decision mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people too so like that could be an issue he got it at the weekend after a while and he looked very very good when, when the fight went to the floor in the second round he, he landed a big punch and obviously he finished the show very very quickly but you buy in, he's getting up as well yeah do you buy into that that's as he gets higher, that it could be a little bit tough for him, or has he enough output? Does he get enough takedowns? I think he. I think he's. He learned from his uh, from his story fight more than anything yeah. that he can't be waiting. That he's got to like he was talking about how he was watching that fight and just frustrated. Like, what am I doing? Like, what? What? Why am I doing this? He was kind of in a in a trance in that fight. Nearly, he was just kind of let it let it pass him by. And he seemed to be more aggressive. Like, you very rarely in the past see Gunnar coming forward that aggressively, especially against somebody like Alan Joban. But he pushed Joban back the whole time. I know Joban doesn't doesn't mind doing that, but, um, like, against Gunnar Nelson, I thought Joban wouldn't want to put his back anywhere near the cage, fearing to take them. But uh, Gunnar strike, striking is definitely better than people people give it credit for. When, when, you're, when your ground game's so good, I think people assume you're... You, your striking is not, not not as good, or it's obviously not as good as his grappling, but it's 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 high level striking as well. Like you don't you don't drop and nearly finish people like Brandon Thatch and uh, what's his name, Alan Joban as well. Like he, these guys are good guys who can strike, who who fought like several several high level UFC guys, and uh, I think people should uh, should give a bit more uh, respect towards going to striking. Yeah, <clears throat> what I was saying, I kind of half buy into what I was saying there a minute ago, but. I think, I think he, I, that wasn't my opinion. I was just kind of putting the question out there. But I think, yeah, yeah, I see people saying it. Yeah. I, I think there's, uh, you need to find a happy medium. I think what makes Gunnar Nelson so special is he, his ability to to pick those takedowns or to pick those perfect shot like he did at the weekend. You know, that lasts what 10, 15 seconds of the fight. He picked the right hand beautifully, picked the kick beautifully pulled him down you know like like a wwe randy arton doing a doing a ddt but bringing him down to the ground pick you know got on his neck moved his hands took his hand off the grip until he got around till he kind of got the mounted guillotine gripped again and then got the tap you know that's that's what Gunnar nelson is all about and i think 
he loses something if he does rush it too much. I think, it, you know, I, I'm a big fan of output and a lot of people doing it, but I'm a big fan of precision as well and accuracy and, you know, landing the shots when they matter. Now, you can go too far with that where it turns into a fight like Wonder by Woodley where nobody lands anything, you know, for 24 minutes of the fight. But I don't, you know, and Gunnar Nelson has done that, as you say, against Story, but you think he's learned from that. And, you know, I tend to agree since that he, he's been very good. Obviously, the Maya fight was was the one you can take out of that because it was mostly a ground fight. And, you know, he just got beat by the better fighter on the night, 100%. I think, you know, everyone would agree with that. But, you know, if he can keep pulling out those big shots like he did at the weekend, if he can keep pulling out those those big takedowns, I think you know he's an absolutely phenomenal fighter. I don't think people do realize how much he is, you know, he or how good he is. Sorry, he even said it afterwards. Like if you look look back at his fights, you know, he's had one decision in the UFC, the uh, one decision win. Look, his last fight, submission, second round, submission, second round. Uh, obviously, decision last to Maya, submission win. Uh, decision last to Rick Sorry, submission win, submission win. Uh, and that one one decision after the Marcus Johnson submission as well, like you know, he, and uh, it, you know, it's sometimes it's tough. We don't see much of a guy like that. It was the same with um with Conor McGregor for a while. We you know until we saw those two Diaz fights, uh, especially the second one. You know, you saw a lot of five rounds worth of action there. Whereas with Gunnar Nelson, you know, you've seen you've seen him lose over long distances but you've never seen his ability to win much over long distance he always kind of does it early and i think he even said that himself you know at the weekend he was he was glad he got an extra extra bit to show it and i think he he is really moving on in, into his career you know just about 10 years of pro now similar to um similar to jimmy mano and this is where he's going to be you know he's hitting his ebb and everything like that and you know i think it's an exciting year ahead for Gunnar nelson yeah definitely <clears throat> he said um he said after he injured his ankle on a media day when he was meant to be fighting in UFC Belfast. And I think that that ankle had been at him for a while. And he said now that he's actually pulled out of the fight in Belfast and rested it up, he says it feels like that injury never happened. So maybe that's kind of his movement is a bit better now that, that his ankle is healed and he f- feels more comfortable on it. Like sometimes it's hard to trust trust your, if you have an injured knee or an injured ankle, it's, you're doubting if it's going to hold up on certain on certain shots. So that seems to. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that was the case with Gunnar that he was worried about it. But it's always good to be have a clean bill of health as well, and no long long term injuries uh, affecting you. Yeah, I think. I, I think. I don't, I don't think I get the Wonder Boy fight now, but I'd love to see it. I think this mm-hmm. like styles like fights. I like, and I, that's a that's a brilliant style of fight. Yeah, I agree. Who do you think he will get if he doesn't get one by you? Like Dan Cerrone going to be coming back pretty soon. Dong Hyun Kim, obviously, they were supposed to fight. Yeah, Cerrone's coming off a loss now, but but I still mm-hmm. think there's a, the the SBG kind of Connor and Cerrone thing can can be played up there a bit as well. Even though they're obviously different people, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, fans of Connor would 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 get behind that that matchup as well. They they're uh, they seem to be uh, big on Gunnar Nelson as well and. So they kind of support the the people around Connor as well, like Artem and Gunnar and etc. Um, who will he get next? Hmm. Um, like it could be Neil Magny maybe, but I think that I, I, I think that's a that's a really nice fight for Gunnar. Um, if Condit was to come back, I don't know what was. Is there any word on Condit? No, I haven't heard from him. I think he's retired. To be honest, I'm I'm not sure. Robbie Lawler is kind of in a similar. Robbie Lawler, be, I think. yeah, yeah. Either one of them will be good if they're yeah. coming back. If either of them is coming back soon, yeah. Um, Tarek Safadine. I, I know he's ranked below Gunner, but 
There was talk of that fight happening before as well. Uh, uh, you know, there's European cards coming up as well. Where How about this? You take Maya out, you take Maya out, and you give him, you give him the, the title shot, and you put Gunnar uh, Masvidal and Gunnar together. I like that. Let's That's a good it. idea. That's money right there. That is. But there's there's three cards coming up now. There's one from uh, Gdansk, I believe, in Poland. One from Glasgow, and is the other one Amsterdam? Am I gone mad? Yeah, Rotterdam. Rotterdam, yeah. I could see Gunnar Nelson against Tarek Safany in Rotterdam. I could definitely see that as a, maybe a co-main event there with Overeem or someone like that in the in the headliner. Could it be Overeem or you think he's he's kind of could be Overeem. Overeem just Mark won Mark again, Mark. didn't he? He just beat Mark Hunt in yeah. the last fight, so it could your be your boy, yeah. Could be Overeem against Francie. It could be Stefan Struve, though. We could we, we might be thinking too big with Overeem for the main event. Yeah, it could be. I don't know, he was in the main event the last time, wasn't he? And he said he wanted to yeah, come back. Yeah, but he's you know? kind of in a better position now, isn't he? Ah, but he just lost the title fight as well, so you never know. Yeah, could be. God, but I, I could see Gunnar Nelson and Tarek Safadine in the comment event there. I think we might be getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Like Cerrone, the people talking about Cerrone taking a good bit of time off, but you know what, Cerrone, he's gonna want to come back and he'll fight anyone. So ever put you know puts a name on him, he'll probably end up fighting him. I could see that. Like that Wonderboy fight kind of just makes sense. I think like Gunnar is is ninth at the moment in in the rankings. They're they're going to be up there in the next couple of days. I could see him. You know, I could see him going into seventh or sixth even in those. You know, if he goes ahead of Cerrone and Dong Hyun Kim, who obviously they were supposed to fight, that could happen after Cerrone lost his ass fight. So, you know. You know, it would make sense a little bit, I think, but yeah. you, you they, they, they might make the Dong Young Kim fight again. I'm not really that excited about that, but yeah, they try to put it together a couple of times already, so they they seem to like that matchup. Um, that'll probably be the most likely, but I'd like to see him get a get a a higher ranked test, even though the rankings don't really mean much. To be honest, is there any chance? I I know they announced those three cards. I wonder is there any chance they come back to Dublin with him? Or Bel- like well, he said, uh, he said, they said, somebody asked about that. Is that the only three shows in Europe or the more? And they said, um, well, last year we're, uh, we were only expecting to do three, and then we did we did an extra one with Bisbing and uh, Henderson. So it's, we're we're open to, to change. Unlikely, though. But it doesn't sound, yeah, but it doesn't sound very likely. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, James Elliott. That's his name, isn't he it? Left, he's he's yeah. leaving. He, he announces. Uh, so I'll be taking over that job. Uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be um, Ryan O'Connor and Graham on the podcast next week. So enjoy that. But uh, yeah, that was a joke, by the way. Get rid of you, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. I get people's hopes about that, Sean, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, uh, we'll move, move on down the card. Um, just uh, Brad Pickett in short order came in against um, Marlon Vera. I thought fought very well for first two rounds and got a heavy knockout against Marlon Vera. How did you see the stoppage? Was it a good stoppage? Yeah, for you? yeah, I thought it was a good stoppage. Yeah, Brad Pickett's been he's come back from them a couple of times, but um, in the past, but I, I, I don't disagree with the stoppage at all. Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't say stoppage, yeah. yeah, I agree as well. I think that head kick was kind of there for uh, for Vera all night. And maybe he wasn't letting it go as much as he should have, and I think his corner maybe called for it between rounds or something, and, and he got the finish. Um, obviously Brad, Brad Pickett got a great reception afterwards. It was maybe a sad way for him to go out. Um, yeah. For me, I thought it was a little. I don't know. I, it, it was like do you know when someone dies and they're right, like a really good obituary about him, and I was like, <laughs> oh, he's a nice, he's a nice guy. I think there was a little touch of that got on for Brad Pickett, like oh, he's just. He's a legend of the sport in the UK. Is he really? Is he? Yeah, well, it, it, it always happens where, like, yeah, it does. I suppose. Like you know, people die and then all their their 
sins are forgiven or they retire and all their sins are forgiven kind of thing. People that just remember the good times or talk about the, the good times. But Brad Pickett's definitely a, he's definitely a veteran of UK MMA. He's been in a lot of good fights over the years throughout the, the smaller promotions and one of the one of the first guys to to do well in the UFC from 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 Britain. So he's definitely uh I think the fans have been following his career for a long time and they were uh, with some emotional scenes. Yeah, I, I thought the UFC did it pretty well. Like obviously I thought it was a little bit overboard, but I'm I'm not complaining really about that. But they You'd probably be back as well. Yeah, yeah more than likely. Uh, that was the first thing I was thinking about like why did Mike Goldberg not get that? Like he's more much more of a legend of MMA than Brad Wicked is like and other people have sure, they gave him remember they cut to him in the crowd. That was <laughs> he's having a party in the crowd. That was it, yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I liked I was impressed with Vera, even though you know the first two rounds were, were relatively close. I obviously thought Pickett won, but I was impressed with Vera coming in there and charting all this uh, as well. And um, obviously got the win. I, I didn't like the fans afterwards booing him. You know, it was very, very low class. Um, and I think, uh, I think eventually they started um, started cheering him. So yeah, especially when he was being real nice about it and yeah. being, being a real sportsman about it, and they started booing him. But I think they kind of realised that, well, that they shouldn't be doing this and stopped. Hundred uh, percent. Before we get to Joe, Joe Duffy, with just the last card, and last fight in the main card, Arnold Allen against uh, Macquan Armirkani. Um, I had a Farnell Dallin. Uh, I think I had a two rounds to one. Did you have it the same, or how did you see it? Um, we were kind of doing interviews at the time, but the general consensus seemed to be that Arnold Allen won twenty nine twenty eight. But I saw the two judges gave it thirty twenty seven, and people kind of were a bit taken aback by that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the the referee uh, Neil Hall uh, wasn't very good in this fight again. Uh, got in the way immediately after about three seconds. Uh, when Amir Khan, he threw, threw his jumping knee, which he, he he's known to throw, so it shouldn't come as a, a big surprise to Neil. Um, and then he stood them up uh, really, really horrendously uh, in the third round. Uh, just out of nowhere. He's just bad. Yeah, I thought the refereeing on the night... Let him, let him fight. The refereeing like, on the night fight. was a bit bad, to be honest. I thought Neil Hall stood a couple of different fights up too soon a lot of the time. I think it was Grant Waterman as well in, I believe it was the Vera and Pickett fight where there was three illegal kicks on the ground and he he told the fighter to keep working after he was kicked <laughs> three times illegally in the head on the ground. I'm like, what, what has gone on? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think some of the, uh, really a big fan of um, Mark Goddard and Rich Mitchell. I think they're two very, very good referees. But some of, you know, some of the refereeing at at the night, uh, you know, the English referees, not very, very good at all. So I was, yeah, Neil Hall, I know you don't like him. You've complained about him here in the podcast before. I don't think uh, he did a great night as well on, on Saturday night. Worse than Michael Oliver he was. Um, but... Um, <laughs> 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 but yeah, the the fight, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good fight. I thought um Amrikani, you know, John Cavanaugh between rounds was time, you know, go for the takedown, get the fight to the ground all the time and and you know, he he did that. Um I thought he, maybe he was going for the submissions a little bit too much, going for the finish a little bit too yeah, much. Given a position, given a position yeah. to go for to end up on the bottom without the the guillotine locked in. Maybe he thought he had it locked in, but it, it didn't see, look from from where I was looking that uh I thought he could have just kind of ride it out, ride it out on top a bit more, land a few more shots, and uh, once he did have it locked in, then obviously pull guard. But it's easy to say afterwards. Maybe he thought he had it, and Arnold Allen uh, defended at the exact right time. And it's hard to know. It's hard to know. If, uh, maybe he's maybe he's finished with with that exact thing before, but he did seem like he could have uh, played it a bit safer and probably won the decision if he had been more uh, relaxed uh, and uh, on the submission attempts. Yeah, 
I'm not. I'm not too sure. I think going into the last couple of rounds, I think Alan Allen had a way better gas tank than him, and, and kind of that told later on in the fight. I think Allen has improved an awful lot. You know, I've been big on Allen for for a good while. And I've been big on Americani as well, to be honest. But I thought Allen maybe he looked a little bit technically better, a little bit more slick. Obviously, his wrestling top game was a little bit better. And you like, I, I hate. I don't want to. I hate fault and lads for going for the finish because I love seeing that, and I think that's the right way to fight. But you know. <laughs> As, uh, you know, there's that kind of old boxing adage that if you, you know, if you go for the finish, you're not going to win a decision. And I kind of think that was the kind of way it went for Americani in this one. Uh, although, you know, in MMA it can be a little bit different. But um, yeah, it was a very good fight. I think both will be both will be back definitely even you know even stronger coming up. And Americani as well. He's yeah, it was, still, an, it was it was a, yeah. Go on. It was an exciting fight as well. It was it was good good scrambles and back and forth. So um, it wasn't like um. It, it, like a lot of grappling, a lot of grappling heavy bouts. People, people wouldn't be excited about. But uh, if you're an MMA fan, I'd, I'd say you definitely enjoyed watching that fight. Yeah, understood. I think Cameron Kenny as well. You know, it's his first real um, camp with SPG. He was there a little bit for his last fight, and you know, you're probably expecting him to be taking on more improvements. You know, going forward as well. He's striking as well. You know. He obviously didn't get much time to show it. You know, there was a lot of takedowns going on. Maybe they felt that's where Arnold Allen would be susceptible to um to submissions and stuff like that. So maybe in the future we could see a little bit more if he's striking. Um, all right, let's talk about probably the biggest fight in the night for Irish MMA is concerned. Joseph Duffy in there against Reza Madadi. Um, just just a great performance from Joe, wasn't it? it? Was you obviously said you were in the crowd for that one? Big big reception for Joe, and you know a lot of uh, a lot of Irish fans over there. It was definitely a big support for Joe. Uh, I think uh, the Brits like him as well. I think um, they were cheering him on as well. And um, <clears throat> I thought, uh, I thought Raising Daddy actually, he'd never been finished before. And he showed why he's, he's very tough. He's very tough. Um, he was getting hit with repeated shots, and he kept he kept trying to work the takedown. I think, I think uh, because he'd got them a couple of was it two takedowns in the first round. Uh, he got one anyway, didn't he? Oh, was yeah. it only one? Um, I, I think Joe. I think Joe was much more, a little bit more hesitant then because he didn't want to repeat the, the Poirier fight. And I think maybe if if Joe hadn't been taken down in the first round, he he might have put Razor away in the second round. But Razor is very difficult to put away. He has some he has some good wins, including Michael Johnson. And when he does lose, it's it's usually very close. So uh, not an easy fight, even though uh, he may not be the big name that that uh, that other people in the in in the division will be. But I think that's why that's why he got that fight with it being the last one on his contract as well. They they didn't want him going out with a, a huge win over a big name. Yeah, I think we, we spoke about it last week. This was a tough style fight for Joseph Duffy. You know, I know resume that he isn't anywhere near the class of Joseph Duffy or anything like that and, and that obviously showed, but he's wrestling I always go back to that Michael Johnson fight. You know, he destroyed Michael Johnson with wrestling in that fight. And I like he is a very very good fighter. And we, as you said, that Paria fight, that's where Joe, Joseph Duffy's weaknesses they did lie anyway. And obviously, where the improvements are being made, I think um, you know that documentary, mini documentary that uh, Andy for Severe May made there over with uh, with Joe in Montreal. He was you know he's talking about the, that and talking about the improvements in his wrestling and that you know with GSP obviously there and stuff as well. That uh, those improvements will be made and they showed. You know he he got to take uh, Rizmadadi got to take down early, but Duffy immediately. You know, pretty pretty quickly. Anyway, gone on top and rode out top yeah, position it was a for the whole round. Deep half sweep. You don't really see much deep half work uh, in the UFC. That was a very nice sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. That was probably the most impressive thing for me. The way, you know, he looked comfortable on top. You know, and, uh, maybe a guy 
maybe guys who would be beaten, you know, by a guy like Poria beating wrestling over what was it? Three or four, was it five rounds? It was five rounds. Oh no, it was three rounds. Sorry, yeah. Maybe you know those improvements wouldn't come as quickly, or you wouldn't you wouldn't be maybe a little bit like a fish out of water when the guy when it got to the ground or when you're wrestling yourself. But Duffy didn't look like that. You know, he looked very very comfortable in that first round, and as you said, maybe he was a little bit anxious. Uh, after that, not wanting to get taken down again, and he said before the fight in, in the interview with uh, with Niall that with the Undertaker, sorry, that he knew um, <laughs> <laughs> he knew Madaddy is a good fighter, and he knew you know he knew what his wrestling is like. So you know, he got that obviously a big elbow late in the first round, caught Madaddy open, and then he just kind of worked on that cut for the rest of the rest of the fight. I actually thought the referee could have come in and had a look at that cut. I mean, it was going to his eyes badly at one stage, um, but he didn't get get that chance. But anyway, you know Duffy. Very good body work, very good again. I thought his jab was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and my daddy was making it tough as well. You know, he was getting away from a lot of shots. He was, you know, kind of high, high guard, not showing much for Duffy to counter. But I thought the kicks, the body work, uh, everything was very, very good from Joseph Duffy. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a must win. And he went in there and dominated. I thought the was it the second round was a 10 8? Oh, yeah, I had the second round a 10 8. Yeah, so did I, yeah. And the other two rounds for Duffy 10 9. So that there uh, was a dominant performance. Uh, it was a must win. Um, it would have been nice to get a finish, but as as we said, Reyes has never been finished and is extremely tough as he proved again. Uh, so yeah, a big big win, vital win. Um, into free agency now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Hopefully, it'll be a similar to Sirkinov where uh, the UFC come back with a better offer and he accepts. But um, we'll just have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah. He did, he wasn't he he wasn't brought out for a press conference afterwards. Um, apparently, he was transported to the hospital, but I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how bad it was, but I think maybe the UFC would, would have uh, not put him out there either way with it, with him being out of contract. Yeah, like four and one in the UFC with a win over Conor McGregor, seventeen and two yeah. in his. I think it, I think it hurts him that he's not the last man to beat McGregor now. That was a, yeah. a lot of his a lot of his appeal to the casual fans um, was that oh this is the last man to beat McGregor, but he still is the last man to beat McGregor and not be beaten by McGregor back. But that's <laughs> that, not as that doesn't, doesn't sound, sound as, oh, the same ring to <laughs> no, it. Does it? it <laughs> but you can the last man to beat McGregor since Diaz. I think alone <laughs> for the fact that if he went to Bellator, imagine we have the man that beat Conor McGregor. I'm amazed. I'm amazed they haven't signed um what's his name um. To think of, to think of, yeah. I may as well haven't signed him. I may as well haven't gone to Poland or wherever he's from and pulled him out of there and then signed him. Uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Should, should they it's the money, money. Yeah. <laughs> he did definitely, definitely. I mean, may as well haven't done it, but like you can just imagine bringing him to Ireland, you know, the guy that beat McGregor, you know. It, uh, I think it'd be stupid for the UFC to let him go. He's obviously a huge, huge talent, only lost. Two fights in his whole career, obviously for the Cage Warriors title, came back, lost to Poria, no shame in that one of, the, one of the top fighters. I think it'd be absolutely ridiculous. Something that I was mentioning, we obviously talked about his options for next week. Uh, there's a little severe snippet up on YouTube, so if we're going to talk about it there, we won't go over it again in too much detail. But um, Mike, um, sorry, what's his name? Um, hey, not the face. What's his name? You know, um who? from bloody elbow he's uh, he not the face in is his twitter handle oh john nash he john nash from bloody elbow who does a lot of stuff with oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the lawsuit and things like that he made a comment um i think pizzi put up an article and he kind of quoted the article and made a comment about how 
the UFC haven't been matching contracts, you know. So what happens now if you don't know, right? Joseph Duffy is obviously a free agent, and if Bellator want to make an, um make uh you know give him a contract to sign, what happens is say Bellator offer him, you know, a hundred grand for three fights or whatever, right? Uh, then that contract offer goes to the UFC. The UFC say, okay, we want to offer 101 grand for three fights. Then he goes back to UFC. So the UFC get the offer to match it. Or if UFC say, no, we're not paying him that 100 grand, he goes to Bellator. He signs with Bellator. So that's how it happens, right? But John Nash said that since this whole lawsuit has been going on, that the UFC haven't been matching offers uh, much from the likes of Bellator or want to see a World Series fight or wherever, you know, rising with with uh, um, uh, Horiguchi. It hasn't been happening. So you think, and obviously you, you mentioned Sarkarov there, they actually signed him before anyone had an offer for him, they made a deal with him, so I think that's Duffy's best up to make that deal, and I know uh, that the article PT did actually was with uh, Graham Boylan, and he said, you know, we'd love to do a deal if, if we can come to terms, um, and I hope, hopefully the UFC will say the same way, because I think if it goes to Bellator, and if it goes to Bellator, make an offer a little bit like Lorenz Arkin, you know, like Rory McDonald, the rest of them, I think he will end up there, so, you know, there's a it's a big couple of weeks now for Joseph Duffy. Yeah, it's it's massive. It really is. Um, I think I think the UFC is the best fit for him. But if, if the money if the money is is way better in Bellator or, or wherever, um, it'd be kind of it'd be hard to it would be hard to turn it down. But it's 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 a tough spot to be in because this I don't think this would have happened. Uh, wasn't W M E I N G? I think he would have been signed up before under the last regime. Um, and he may still be that they may just be playing hardball, but uh, it'd be it'd be a real shame to let somebody like Joe uh, go to a rival. And I, um, if I had to bet, I'd say he'll stay with the UFC, but I don't think it's a, anywhere near a foregone conclusion. Yeah, if I had to bet, I think he'd be with Bellator to be honest, but I hope I'm wrong. Um, but you've been writing most things when picking with me for the last few weeks, so hopefully you're right. But um, yeah, I, like. I wouldn't. I'd have no problem with him going to Bellator. I think there isn't as many fights, but there's some good fights there. But it's just we can't see it on TV and things like that. You know, it's that's the one negative thing with Bellator. Like, uh, but I think times are changing as well. You know, I don't think Bellator is what it what it used to be seen as this kind of laughing stock thing. There are good fighters there. They pay good money. You know, it's it's not UFC or bust anymore. It's it's a changing world, and I think he sees his training partner over and tries to Rory McDonald did that. People are seeing, you know, people like Phil Davis, Matt Mitrion, um, Lorenz Larkin, and a whole host of others. Ben Hinter, Henderson as well doing it, and you know that's the world we live in. So look, I think Joseph Duffy's right to to go out and test free agency, and whoever wants to pay him the most money, you know, should should get his services. And I think that's the way the you know the open market should work. So best to look to him. I hope hopefully he does end up with the UFC. But um, yeah. You know, it's a short career, and uh, might as well make the most out of it. You know, yeah, the, as I said, like the world is changing; it's not, it's not UFC only anymore. Bellator is a, is a real option for people, and I think it's definitely a real option, obviously for for Duffy and, and people like that. Yeah. I think it proved that when they're, they're proving that when they're signing people like Lorenz Larkin and Rory McDonald and all them kind of guys, and he, even people like Dylan Danis. I know he's never fought before, but that'll be. Um, That'd be a an, an interesting one. The fans will be interested in that one. So that that'll give them that'll give them another another avenue to go if they want to go in Ireland. Or Dylan Dennis probably probably sell anywhere. And people will be interested to see how he does. Yeah, what do you think of that Dennis, Dylan Dennis signing? Well, for uh... it's it's interesting. It's I don't know who they're gonna give him. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of level they go. Yeah. 
100%. Yeah, it's tough. I suppose we'll, we'll talk about that more when, it, when it's announced. Let's just finish this. There's actually a bit of breaking news about our next topic, so we'll get to that in a second. But before we do that, Mark D. Casey, you've been hiring him for, for a long time. Just an unbelievable performance. 30 second knockout. This guy's the real deal, isn't he? Yeah, that right hand is, is knocking people out all over the place. It's, 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 uh, it's probably the most dangerous weapon in the, the division. Uh, after Connor's left cross, <laughs> I was wondering there for a second. I was like, oh. yeah, it's, it's definitely up there." You know, he, he, I, I tweeted this weekend. He, he definitely has championship potential. You know, I always love when guys. I, I mentioned with uh, with Ryan Curtis before as well. Obviously, uh, uh, much uh, earlier level in his career, but guys who have that knockout power and are known kind of. Uh, as either a striker or a wrestler or something, and have the other thing then as well. Like the Casey has shown his ability to wrestle, has shown you know he's good underground as well. And when you can knock guys clean out with one punch like he does as well, that just makes you an unbelievably hard prospect for anyone. You know that yeah. that jumping kind of what, what would you That's call it? Taekwondo, Taekwondo's. I don't know what kind of yeah. kick it was, but it looked like some Taekwondo kick. It was very close to landing as well, and he and he yeah. had told us in the pre-fight interview that that he was gonna. He was going to win by spinning kick knockout, so he he definitely had that planned. It was very close to to coming to fruition. Yeah, he's just. But uh, he, I think that kind of um, uh, stuff like that will uh will, will set up his right hand. People worrying about kicks like that, kind of like with with Connor. I'm obviously not. Uh, he's not like Connor two or anything, but he's his own fighter, and Connor's his own fighter. But uh, so there is some similarities there with the Taekwondo kicks to set up the the boxing. The move to AT and T or to ATT. It's falling to someone, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should be saying Metro PCS. If we uh, told, uh, embrace the grind. UC line. Corners. <laughs> Corn to the core. Well, yeah, no, he he looked uh, in better shape than, than he's ever been in before as well. Even before the fight, he looked serious. He looked in serious shape, and uh, he he, uh, he believes that he's improved a lot since he went to ATT. So. Uh, Still raw in a lot of ways, but he's ever improving, and he's definitely one to watch. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if, if he was fighting for for titles in the next couple of years. Yeah, the first member of team Graham as well. You know that that growing team now is looking good. You know, it's, it's definitely up there. Who would you give next? Niall was talking about uh, Paul Felder, his best friend, obviously the uh, cane to his his undertaker. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. I I I hope the case he gets built a little bit more before that. You know, Timo Backlund's a good guy, but you know. Felder is possibly ranked top twenty, top twenty-five. I'd like to see see DKC get DKC get one or two more before he gets up to that level. To be honest, uh, maybe one in the Glasgow card, another one before the end of the year. And next year, then I think it's going to be a big year for him. I think he's going to get towards the rankings, and he's going to, you know, he's going to get towards the title shot. Would you agree, or do you think he he deserves the push? Yeah, I like the Felder match for him. I think I think Scotland against Felder will be will be a big fight. And I think uh, it's definitely a winnable fight. I wouldn't like the UFC could go the slow slow route with him, but uh, which is actually a good matchup. And if both are up for it, and both want to fight, want, want it to happen in Scotland, I'd like it to happen there so we can go over to it. We can go over to it as well. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind so, it be obviously a good fight, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm I don't know. I'm just not not bought. I like I like to see guys like him built up. You know, I just. I've no problem with him getting another two thirty-second knockouts in a row. Like I've no problem with that. You know, he's young. He's very new to, him, new to the UFC. I don't know, just some box car willy, like you know, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Someone. <I'm not> 
Like, oh, give it, give him Reza Madadi. There you go. Give him someone like that. You know, it's, 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 who's that guy? Joseph Duffy be? Mitch is Reza is Reza not a like tougher that. matchup than than Felder? Mm, he might be actually. I might, that might be. Uh, yeah, he could be. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's lots of guys around there. Fuck it. Give him Conor Gray. Give him the title shot. Don't care. Fuck Floyd Mayweather again. Mark Mayweather, that's the job. Change of plan, change of plan. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable performance out of him. Um, Brad Scott got the win against Scott Askham as well. That fight, Scott Askham was a favourite in that fight. I actually haven't seen it yet, but I was I was kind of surprised with that. I think Brad Scott's a little bit better than Scott Askham. Um, uh, yeah, Leon Edwards as well, another impressive victory yeah. over uh, Vicente Luque. Called out... Um, Cowboys are only, which he's not going to get. Um, a couple of bad fights as well after that, but I think it was kind of 50 50 good fights, bad fights on this one. Uh, and the main card kind of all delivered really. Uh, Aaron Lannan, Macron, and McCann, maybe not the best. It was a good fight, but not a really good one like the top top three. But yeah, a good card overall, I thought. It wasn't non stop action in some of the fights, but other fights were quick finishes and some spectacular performances from, from Gunner and Jacasey and. Joe Duffy, even even though he didn't get to finish, looked looked really really good as well. So uh, some very good performances there, and uh, I'd, I'd expect to see a lot of these guys on the, the upcoming announced EMEA cards, uh, Scotland and especially Scotland would have been Britain as well. I agree. Well, it's free stat now. Scotland is going to have the the indie ref too. Graham, they're going to be. Free, free Scotland. That's all I'll say about it. Wow, Stockholm, Stockholm. <laughs> so, you'll never take our life, but you'll always take our. Oh wait, no, you will. we won't have our freedom. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear the bad news? What's the bad news? Cage Warriors eighty-two. Uh, Chris Fishgold has just at this very moment, eleven minutes ago, as announced by Cage has been pulled from the card due to uh, oh. due to injury. So obviously that you know that's a big blow for the card. The two Liverpool guys, obviously in Liverpool, Paddy Pimblett as well on the card. Uh, he's obviously the Cage Warriors lightweight champion. Chris Fishgold is, and he was supposed to take on Yanni Sal- Salmi, uh, which is I think he's nine and two or something like that. I was looking at his record there earlier and a good record. So that's obviously a, a big blow to the card. Yeah, that, that is a big blow, especially in Liverpool. He's a local guy, and um, yeah, that's 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 a blow. Um, but Paddy Pimblett's the main attraction, so I'd say uh, Boylan and uh, Cage Warriors are are glad are glad it's him and not Fishgold. But obviously, Fishgold is a is a draw as well, so it's not ideal. Yeah, hundred percent. Ticket sales like it would if if Pimblet had been pulled out. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Pimblet is really the big draw on this. Let's talk about that Pimblet and Adnery Manning fight. Um, I was watching a few Nad Naramani fights there this morning. Maramani. Mad Maramani, yes. They called him on the UFC broadcast. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I thought I'm very impressed with Nad uh, Naramani. You know, I, Stephen and Sean over in the UK are talking about him a lot. You know, a very, very good guy. Um, and this is another tough matchup for Paddy Pimblett. You know, Graham Boylan, in fairness to him, you know, a lot of people have criticized cage drivers and stuff, but uh, they're not. Protecting Paddy Pimblett, you know, Julian Rosa, a good striker as well. Nadner Manny, another very, very good striker. I think this is a tough matchup, especially after, you know, that last fight where I thought, personally, I thought Rosa won. I think most people thought Rosa won that fight. Um, but, um, yeah, hard hitting, very, you know, kind of wide base, hard to take down, um, knockout power. Yeah, good on the ground as well. Good on the ground as well, yeah. So this, this is a good fight, you know, a tough matchup for Paddy Pimblett. Definitely. 
and uh, Dean Truman's on the card as well. He he has a he has a flash knockout of uh, an, uh, Arnold Quiro, who uh, won a split decision over Joe McCoggan at the last Cage Warriors in Dublin. So uh, he's taken on um, I don't know how to say his name, but Slioa Slioa. He's an undefeated yeah, Swedish Swedish fighter, so that should be interesting as well. It's a yeah, good test. A couple, for couple of Irish guys, a couple of Irish guys oh. in the card as well. Tommy Quinn, Lee Chadwick. Yeah, that should that should be good. Lee Chadwick has been around forever. Uh, is good. He's a very good test for Tommy. Tommy's been out for. He's he's constantly injured. In fact, uh, he's just he's had a real bad time with injuries. But uh, hopefully, Trem- he can, tremendous uh, beard though. Tremendous beard. Yeah, beautiful man. Good at magic. <laughs> tremendous yeah, he's, magician. He's good crack. Yeah, and uh, Keen Rock as well. Crack as well, which is amazing. Which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Keen Rock. <laughs> you mentioned yeah. him a couple of weeks ago. SVG Ireland. Yeah. So yeah. True. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a. Penny and uh, Leroy Barnes, who uh, I think his last fight was Johnny Jitsu, was it, or did he have one in between? Was mm, it? Uh, he choked out Johnny Jitsu recently, anyway. Yeah, good performance. Yeah, definitely. He's taking on uh, Johan Robin and uh, Stapes is on the card. Stapes from one of the one of the early Ultimate Fighters. What, what, what was that? Ultimate Fighter Four? I have no Something idea. Like I have no idea. And anyway, he's fighting um, some guy I've never heard of. Uh, Vaughn Lee and, and Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood's interesting fact here was my biggest ever viewed uh, Divine when he got his hand broken with a kick in oh, yeah. a Cage fight. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, that, I like that Vaughn Lee Nathaniel Wood fight. Vaughn Lee, obviously, since he left the UFC, he has been a bit, you know, grown his hair long and dreads and stuff. And got a bit <laughs> insane, but he's not as enjoyable guy to, to watch. So yeah, that should be a fun fight. But uh, Molly McCann as well is another. Um, lady fighting out of uh, Paddy Pimblett's gym you know they're very high on her I see him speaking a lot about her so that should be uh, should be an interesting one as well her, I don't think her opponent's been finalised yet or it might just have been the last few days but uh, yeah I think Paddy Pimblett is the, is the big one alright do, do you see Nadine Armani giving him any any danger or anything like that or do you fancy Paddy to win it? Um, I fancy Paddy to win it but I, I, I definitely don't I, a lot of people might not know might not know Armani, but he's definitely he's definitely a test like he's not a he's no pushover so uh, he's good everywhere, and he's 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 a finisher as well. He, his last loss was to Alex Underland over five rounds, and that there's no shame in that. And I think his, let me just check. I think his last loss before that was years ago. Uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, he lost a split decision to Graham Turner uh, nearly four years ago. So Graham Turner is obviously a very experienced guy. He's probably had about thirty five fights. Fought for the cage he's Definitely, he's definitely no one. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Nad, Nad has a win over uh, the the Polish zombie as well, who was on um, the Faber McGregor uh, Ultimate Fighter season and did well there. And uh, I, th- I think uh, I think this is definitely no push up for Paddy, but I expect Paddy to win. He looked in phenomenal shape, and uh, I think Cage Warriors put up an Instagram video of him hitting pads, and he looked in Paddy Paddy Pimblet looked in really really good shape. Uh, I don't think the weight cut's going to be a problem this time, but it looks a thing so. Uh, I think he's he's definitely uh, not taking any, anything lightly here, and I, I think Pimblet will get the win. Yeah, that's obviously a huge thing with Paddy Pimblet. You know, obviously the way he's misweighted before and things like that. Um, but I think this is a this is a huge fight for Paddy Pimblet. You know, I'm very still very high in him. I think a lot of people, you know, we criticize the decision and stuff last time. I don't think we're maybe criticizing Paddy Pimblet that much, but like obviously he'll be hoping to. No, it's extremely close rounds as well. Like, uh, it, um, he, Julian Rosa is an experienced guy. He's fought tough guys. Uh, He's he's no mug, and it was a very close fight, and uh, in the in the best uh, physical condition for that fight, <clears throat> still got the win on the judges' scorecards, and 
Um, people will forget all about all about the controversy when he reels off a couple more wins if if he can. So uh, it's important. It's important. Very important to get the win now because the narrative will change from. The narrative will be, oh, he should have lost his last one as well, and now he's lost this one if he loses. But if he wins, everybody, most people will forget. Most people don't even know what happened in Julian as a fight already, but they just look at the, the sure dog or the topology and record and see a yeah. unanimous decision. Or was it unanimous or was it split? Uh, but they see decision win anyway. I think it was unanimous. I'm not 100 percent sure, yeah. But yeah, as I said, this uh, you put it in the head there. A good, good performance here, a good win, and I'll be forgot about. But you know, uh, Nar- Narmani is no pushover. Should be a very, very good fight. I'm really looking forward to that one. You know, I probably pick Pimblet as well. I, I'm still very high in him. I think he's a lot of improvements still to make. Ten and one in his career, and those improvements look like they are coming. In fairness, and uh, is he not thirteen and one now? Oh, may- I'm looking at uh, MMA junkie here now, so I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, yeah, they have thirteen rounds. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. I apologize. Sorry, sorry, master. Uh, okay, let's <laughs> let's move on to uh, upcoming Bellator card as well. Let's just talk about the main event a little bit. There's a couple of good fights on the undercard: Max Galvao against Emmanuel Sanchez. Uh, you've Jake Roberts, Jake the Snake Roberts coming back with his snake in his bag is, is fighting there. A couple more guys on that card as well. But the big one that uh, that we want to talk about is. The rematch between your wrestling coach King Mohammed Lowell and Quinton <laughs> Jackson <laughs> at heavyweight, I believe it is. This one is at heavyweight after a last long one. Long awaited rematch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rematch. Uh, I thought more won the last one. Um, yeah, I don't know what the fuck the judges were doing in that one. Yeah, yeah you're right. well, you're a little bit biased in fairness as you're his wrestling coach. Rampage. I did, I did. Well, he wasn't my wrestling coach at, this, at that <laughs> stage. I had to fight. draft him in after. I saw his, how good his wrestling was against Rampage, and then I, I drafted him in. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, but Rampage looks like he he hasn't been trained and doesn't really give a fuck, to be honest, anymore. Uh, I'd be surprised if he won this one. Would you? Would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, Rampage, just when he gets taken down, he seems to be just more pissed off that he can take it down. He just gives <laughs> out instead of trying to get up a lot yeah. of the time. Rampage. Sometimes, Rampage judges, yeah. sometimes it works and the refs stand, stand him up, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think King Mo will work his takedowns. And, uh, but if, he, but if King, Mo, King Mo has been known to strike a little too much, he seems to be a bit in love with his hands over the years. But if he has a right game plan here, Mo should win, I think. And as you say, Rampage is... Uh, He's hit and miss where he's actually interested in the fight and actually trains properly and diets properly and all that. Yeah, and for heavyweight, he doesn't eat as well. Um, <laughs> um, King Mo has been running a good kind of piss egg game on him over on in, over in Instagram and stuff, putting up like pictures of him on like fat people's bodies and stuff and like honey boo boo. That's been pretty funny to, to watch. But yeah, I've, I've always been a big fan of Rampage, to be honest, even though he blocked me on Twitter. Well, you know, he's him and John Hartson, two fucking bastards block me but <laughs> I've, I've always liked rampage smart man uh, yeah yeah uh, he's like he's a funny guy good fighter you know, obviously well past his prime at this stage but you know if you can keep it on the feet rampage can definitely knock him out i think mo can knock him out as well like mo's been knocked out a good few times at this stage now so he's, he's definitely susceptible to it you know that left hook from rampage is very good but as you say if it goes to the ground you know rampage just doesn't really care about getting up he'll just kind of lie there and hope for the referee to stand him up and things like that and especially you know i can't see his cardio I mean, unbelievable. Although you know, it's never been bad in the past. In the past, to be honest, Rampage is always a guy who, who uh, you know, who's maybe never looked the fittest or not, looked the best like that. But he's never, I don't really remember him gassing. He'll definitely, much, he'll definitely be dangerous early as well with his, with yeah. his punches. And King Mo has been knocked out a few times, so yeah, it's definitely not a foregone conclusion. But uh, I see it looking a lot like the first fight. So maybe the judges will give it to Rampage, but uh, uh, 
I see it looking similar enough. Uh, King Mo getting getting takedowns and um, probably not doing all that much on top and it going to a decision. Yeah, Bellator main events are still three rounds, aren't they? I, I'm near. I'm almost sure they're still three rounds. Yeah. That'll be benefit Rampage, but I still think he'll probably lose 30 27, to be honest. Uh, I can see King Mo taking him down every round. Um, but Rampage is very hard to finish as well, so yeah. Should be good though. I'm, I'm looking forward to it if, uh, if Rampage can keep it. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Sergey Haritanov as well on that card. Always exciting. You know, he'll, he'll probably either get knocked out or knock, knock a fool out. He's fighting Chase Garmley. Uh, Noed Lahat as well. Uh, UFC, UFC guy is, is on the, the undercard as well. So, you know, not a, not a bad card. Um, tune into that one. Fly to America to watch it because you can't watch it here. So that'll be fun. Right. Let's get to the questions. Morgan at ISCH underscore. Would Barboza have anything for McGregor if their paths crossed? Um, hmm. He wouldn't have nothing for him, but I'd definitely pick McGregor to win. Um, Barboza is very good when it's going his way, and he definitely showed a bit of extra toughness in that in that um, Daniel Barry. Uh, the Neil Darius fight. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck's sake. But, uh, <laughs> Mad Maramani and Daniel Barius. Yeah. I want to see that fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, make it happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely pick McGregor as a massive favorite in that one. To be honest. Uh, I like to see that fight. Um, the leg kicks would be, you know. I, I could see him kicking his leg a, a lot and hurting him that way. Maybe he's ferocious leg kicks and he puts them together well with his hands, you know, very, very well. So I could see that happening. Um, but, you know, McGregor more than likely knock him out. I think, you know, I think he's the best fighter I'd like. That's definitely. And uh, I think Habib is the big danger for him there. Um, but Barboza's, Barboza for me, you know, you have McGregor, Habib, Ferguson and Barboza and, and Darius as well up there. I think, a lot of good guys, but yeah, I, I'd love to see the fight. Uh, Farrell Connolly at Farrell Connolly asks, with Dana signing with Bellator, do you think he could make his debut on an Irish card or is US more likely? Sorry, who? Uh, Dylan Danis. Dylan Danis, uh, hmm, um, I'd say it's probably going to be US if I, had to, if I had to guess. Uh, yeah, I probably agree. Mr. Podge, good friend of the podcast, give him a follow at one Mr. Podge. With Matt Hughes talking about comeback uh, oh, after he's been... <laughs> will a, uh, <laughs> will a, will the Legends League be ready in time for him? That he asks. Oh, he, if he wants, oh, would it would oh, it's so annoying. Would Metamorphs <laughs> not give him a lot of money to do a bit of grappling or something? Just keep they're, him away from. Okay. I believe I believe they're defunct now. Chelsea might give him or whoever EBI yeah. submission underground one of them. He should just stick if he wants to, to compete. He should probably stick to that. It, it, even even when he came back before, uh, he looked terrible years ago. I have I have six letters uh, for you, Graham. Six letters: B, J, Pin. Uh, Boom! The rematch we've all. BJ destroyed him the last time. Yeah, but look how bad he is now. Matthews could uh, be much worse than that. <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm, oh, <laughs> I don't want to see him fight again. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, uh, Mr. Podge again. There was three guys um, banned for ninety days and had their wins taken. I think two of them had their wins taken off them in Texas. They failed for marijuana, so yeah, should marijuana be on the banned list? Um, no, no, it shouldn't. I don't think so either. And especially with this one, they they can't test. They can only test apparently. 
this is allegedly uh, for marijuana in your system. They can't actually tell how much of it you have in your system. So, like other places have oh, really? thresholds. In in Texas, in it's probably a P test or something like that. So yeah, that's shady shit. Like the Texas marijuana shouldn't even be joke. illegal in the first place. So definitely shouldn't be illegal to. It's a gateway <laughs> drug. They'll be on heroin next, Graham. They'll be on heroin next. Milk is a gateway drug for alcohol. They'll be on EPO next. <laughs> Milk is a gateway drug. Uh, I agree. At Gravin Spring, it should Ric Flair woo, be banned at UFC events. <laughs> no. I think it, I think it should. Uh, Brendan Corrin asked a few questions here. Um, he asked a couple about the breaks um, and stuff like that, and he asked us to talk uh, about the the referees in the UFC. Um, is there a large amount of training, or what quantities do you of training do you think we they should have? The referees. Um, yeah. I don't think you necessarily would have to have any training if you can go to like the seminar or the training course and prove that you know what you're doing. I don't think you need to have any kind of belt or anything. Some guys don't seem to know what's going on when it hits the ground. They just stand it up. Um, so, as long as you're competent to do the job, I don't think you should, anything should be completely necessary. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there should be like have Goddard run in Europe. Europe have Herb Dean and and uh, and John McCarthy run in America and stuff, and have them have them. You have to have pass with him. Maybe have like belts for for uh, for referees. You have to be have competence, and you get your fucking blue belt, your brown belt, and your black belt. And you can't ref in the UFC till you have your black belt and refereeing. How about that? Those weirdos, <laughs> yeah. martial arts weirdos, love that shit. Like you know, do do that. You know, because there's guys that haven't, as you said, stand stand ups. Like people watching the sport for years, they, they just you just know, like you know. Like your level of understanding changes when you've been watching the sport, when you've been part of the sport for years and years. And like, if you're if that level of understanding doesn't change for a guy who's been refing for ten years, they shouldn't be refing anymore because it's never going to happen for him. You know? Yeah. Just because you have a like a taekwondo black belt, a muay thai black belt, and a jiu black belt doesn't mean you can you can judge a referee fights well. It, it, it's a different thing. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Mr. Podge asked a couple of questions about uh, about uh, Duffy. Should he have called someone out is the first question he asked. And he asked then, is it a sign of uh, the UFC uh, and the WME uh, re- regime that Duffy can look great but pro- possibly still end up at Bellator? Yeah, I think, I said earlier, I think he probably would have been re-signed if it was uh, to Fertitas, but because um, I don't think he's asking for any crazy money or anything like that. I just think he wants to to feel feel wanted and respected in, in the offer so uh i still think he will sign so maybe it is just a bit of hardball but it's very hard to know with wme ing like uh things are changing constantly and there doesn't seem to be sense or precedent behind uh behind some of the thinking and matchmaking and uh, signing of guys and releasing of guys so it's very hard to know uh but i think it would have been much more likely that Joe would have resigned even before his contract ran out if it had been the old regime. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree, and I don't think you should have called anyone out either. You know, this this isn't the time to be calling people out. You know, you might even be in the UFC, so I don't. You know, what's the point? Uh, Emma McLean asks top five soundest people on the UFC roster. He suggests Gunnar Nelson, Duffy, Maya, Francie, and GSB. What do you think? Soundless. Soundless. Um, hmm. Um, Neil Siri's uh, last anyway, and that definitely. Yeah, Neil, we, we do the worst. Neil Siri, 
<laughs> no, uh, uh, Corby Covington. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. Most most people in May are, are friendly and outgoing, and there is obviously a few weirdos. Uh, but um, it's hard to I don't know. I never really thought about that. I, I um, like his one. I think his one is good. Uh, McLean's. I think I think we tend to agree with that. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Shire Green at MMA Fangirl has a couple of questions. The first is, should UFC do away with show and win money and pay one flat price? Well, you can you can negotiate whatever you want. Like I think Overeem doesn't have a doesn't have a win bonus. He just has straight up money. A lot of the guys that came up Triforce didn't have it. It was part of their Triforce did it that way for a lot of guys where it's just a flat fee. Yeah. I, I'm it's unsure about it, to be honest. Probably, yeah. If you back yourself, you could probably make, say you're getting paid 100 grand to show 100 to win. They could offer you 160 uh, guaranteed or 100 to show 100 to win. Which would you take? You'd probably back yourself to win if you're if, if you're a confident fighter who believes in yourself. So, um, just double. They aren't going to double the payouts. Yeah. Then everybody would be getting everybody would be getting more money. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I, I'm not sure to be honest. I don't know. Uh, Will Martin says he thinks Gunnar Nelson should headline uh, UFC Glasgow, but who against his stun gun or wonder by? I don't. I don't think Wonderboy so. I think too big for for Europe. I think. Yeah, I, I agree as well. But I think he could in Ireland wonder by. Uh, but I don't think wonder by against Gunnar Nelson. That is, I don't think Gunnar Nelson in Glasgow is going to be a headliner. To be honest, they like putting guys. You know either a british guy or obviously um a scottish guy or something like that in in those markets you know it could be manoa again something like that it could be you know who else is dan hardy's coming back unlikely uh who you know who else is around there the bear jew he lost i know so it probably won't be him but i think it'll probably be someone british um headlining that card i'd be i'd be very surprised if it was uh if it was Cowboy, or sorry, Gunnar Nelson. You might get like a heavyweight main event and then like a co-main event with a British guy or something like that, or the, the British main event, as you say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane Kiley asks, would Joseph Duffy seem to have his wrestling sorted? Do you think he'd top the... Uh, he'll get in the top 15 ranks in the next year, obviously, if he stays in the UFC. Well, it all depends, it all depends, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he will. I think he'd, he'd probably be in the top 15 now if, if he wasn't... In this impasse, um, yeah, yeah, I think Joe can, can go far. Um, he obviously missed out on some vital years there when he of grappling and MMA when he was doing boxing, but uh, he's been back a while now, so I think he's uh, he's back in the groove fully now, and uh, I think that that Poirier fight showed him showed him that uh, he he needed to go back and <clears throat> work on it, work on his takedown defense and grappling a bit more. Uh, I think he kind of he was a grappler, kind of grappling based fighter originally before he went off to boxing. So maybe he he grappling was at a slightly higher level than it was. Obviously, the the game changes really quickly. So uh, I think Joe's still improving, and I think he, I think he, uh, if if he stays in the UFC, he'll be he'll be in and about the, the top of the rankings for years to come. Yeah, uh, Andy D one two three asks who'd win between DKC and Felder. DKC. I agree, you can see. Good question here from Will Martin. There's seems to be a lot of talent coming through and from UFC, uh, from Europe at the moment in the UFC. Who do you think will be the next European to win a UFC title? Good question. Who's most likely? Yeah. Mm. I think there's there's two here. Ooh, there's a few. Mm. Never mind. Francie Ngannou. 
Boom. Yeah. Is he, he really? Is he, is he really from Europe? He's French. Is he not? You big fucking, You big racist, yeah. You big racist. Is he not now? He's French Cameroon. Cameroon. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's he's French. He was born in Cameroon though, so he's not from. <sighs> this is what's where's Brian San from? Uh, Japan. <laughs> You're a great man. I knew you said that. Cypriot. Uh, he wasn't actually born in Cyprus, though, was he? Yeah, I think he's born in Cyprus. Father, I, think, I don't think he was, was he? I'll have a look now. Hold on. I'm pretty sure he is. Anyway, uh, Jack Dorsey. Yeah, he's, he's born in uh, Nic- uh, what is it? Nicosia, Cyprus. Okay, fair Nicosia, Nicosia, Cyprus. Nico- Nicosia? <laughs> Man, they were man, dancing man. in the streets of uh, Cyprus when he was talking. <laughs> yeah. Jack Dirt just asked for in the podcast. Great actor. Go and check out his stuff. IMDb. First on the while. Thoughts on Manoa versus Jones DC Rumble. Does he get wrestled and finished by all three? Uh, um, Jones, I think Jones beats him on the feet. Probably takes him down. But he is very dangerous. Like, I wouldn't. He I wouldn't. Is rule it out like when big guys like that are throwing heavy letter like <laughs> you see what happened to osp you see what happened to Corey anderson like it doesn't take it doesn't take many shots it takes it takes one big shot all three of them destroy him handy yeah i wouldn't rule him out completely though yeah uh okay last question why do english fans not get behind their fighters like other nations the sport macron got was incredible compared to alan i don't think um like americans don't get behind their guys like like it's just different culture i think yeah yeah i i agree i think like there's always a thing ireland doesn't have that much obviously we have hurling football and stuff as well but you know they're not kind of global stars and things as well and yeah. can never co- become global stars but like americans don't really give a shit about that their their nfl is global to them you know they're they're uh their country ends you know at the border of canada and mexico so they don't really give a yeah. shit about that but england as well like you know if we had if we had, if we had the best guy in the world of ping pong people probably be into ping yeah. pong in ireland like 100 percent, yeah to be into cricket when Ireland were winning a few games in cricket, like you know, I I do love cricket. Though. I I support England in cricket. I fucking love that. I watched all of Brian Lara's four hundred in uh in Antigua, I believe it was years ago. I'm a huge. Did you know I that? I'm a huge cricket cricket. I love cricket. It's fucking one of the most exciting games in the world. Brilliant. <laughs> it is. I love cricket. That 2005 Ashes series was fucking brilliant. I watched every second of every game. It was unbelievable. It takes away two weeks to watch a match. It's a fucking joke. It's only five days. So what would you be doing? <laughs> okay. Oh, so boring. That's it for you. England fans are terrible. Let's be honest here. Let's just call them call them out as it is. Support your fucking guys. Jesus Christ. Come on. Yeah, Arnold Allen was even calling for a bit of support in his hometown. Yeah. He, he couldn't get it. That, that was sad. <laughs> fucking poor guy. Yeah. Stand up, England. Like Ireland are Ireland are baiting you again. We're fucking always baiting you. England. I don't know. I was trying to like cut a prom on England there. It just went very bad for a while. You're only shot of bricks to all that. Oh, we just we just lost fucking five our English listeners there. But yeah, sure, it's only a bit of crack anyway. Good good podcast this week. Send back the Ireland abuse to Achan NBA. Yeah, fuck you, John Hartson. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he's Welsh. Yeah, he's too. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, they're all the same. Bratton Biog. Do you know that's what it's called in Irish, Bratton Biog, Little Britain. There you right. go. But um, yeah, good, good, um, good podcast. We only offended about uh sixty million people this week, so uh, it wasn't too bad. Little, little, uh, 
little more than usual, I suppose. Check out the severe snippet, Podrick Forn. Give him a follow at Podrick Forn, I believe his uh, Twitter handle is on Twitter. That'll be up on YouTube during the week. Check out Talking Brawls. The boys are going to have one probably this week. You would know about the Undertaker. He could be, he could be buried somewhere. You know, he might be rising for another couple of weeks. So, uh, <laughs> check that out. <laughs> I'll have a if preview you up next week. Seen the, the legendary Point Man Noel McGrath video. Uh, Retweet it. Make sure to check it out. It's uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Just type in legendary Point Man. <laughs> p-i-n-t <laughs> yeah so uh yeah come back we, we obviously said we're off next week we might we might do a short one or something if something some breaking news happens but um i think we've you pretty much covered now for the for the next two weeks uh thanks for tuning in I follow graham at severe mma follow me and at graham mma as well follow me at sean g in ba give my facebook page like uh facebook.com forward slash sean g in mma like the severe mma facebook page as well subscribe to us on youtube subscribe to us on itunes please soundcloud please podcast republic everywhere tweet it out give us a good review sean needs this i need this for absolutely no reason but it more than likely helps <laughs> do all of that tag us in it we'll retweet it the whole lot at severe my pod follow that we don't say that often enough but that's it for another week here's my inspiration quote only put off until tomorrow what you're willing to die having left undone we'll see you next tuesday week <laughs>